If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Looking back on the week that was and forward to the week ahead, it's the Fantasy Football Hustle. Waiver wire, trades, roster management. To win in fantasy football, you must remember one simple rule. Never get out hustled. It's the Fantasy Football Hustle. Here are your hosts, Brian Drake and Dwayne McFarland. It's the week you've all been waiting for. Ever since August when we started drafting, we thought about this exact week. Welcome everyone to week 16, championship week in fantasy football. This is the Fantasy Football Hustle. Hopefully we helped get you there. My main man, Dwayne McFarlane, the analytical assassin from Pro Football Focus and Establish the Run, is with me as always. I'm Brian Drake from Fighting Chance Fantasy. We're here. We're ready, Dwayne. It's week 16. Let's cash some checks. Let's put some names on trophies. Let's hoist a belt over our heads and tell the rest of our league mates to stick it because we are the champs. (laughs) <laughs> and man, oh man, do we got some running backs to talk about this week. So how's it going, my friend? Dude, it's just like you said, I, it's week 16. All of the work and your season long stuff comes down. Hopefully you're still in it. comes down, you know, to this weekend. Um, I personally am weighing like some huge decisions like for mm-hmm. a lot of money. It's just like, but this is why we do it, right? Just that even if I don't win it, it's to be in the moment of having a chance to win that money whether it's you know in a ten person league, whether you're playing in a ten thousand man tournament, doesn't matter. You know, you're trying to win, whatever it is, and and you're everybody's doing the same thing. You're you're trying to you know think through every roster decision, every starting lineup decision, and man, then you're just praying for health, you know, and luck. You're hoping that things work out for you because anytime it comes down to one week, we know what can happen. We got a lot of friends already jumping in the chat room here on YouTube. If you're enjoying the show and you've liked us all season long, please like, comment, subscribe to our YouTube page. We'd really appreciate it. And then you'll get all our off-season content. You know, Dwayne and I aren't going anywhere. There's a lot of shows out there in the industry, not to name names, but they're packing it in right now. They're mailing it in this week. And you're going to get kind of, you know, lackluster content. Not here on The Hustle. Dwayne's pumping out the utilization report. You know, we're here to give you all the waiver guys. We're going to answer questions live here in the chat room. And we might as well kick it off, Dwayne, and talk about who's available to plug in our lineups. And if there's a claim at quarterback, I don't know where else we can start besides Jalen Hurts. Only owned in 40% of Yahoo leagues. Gets your Cowboys this week. He had over 400 yards of offense in a losing effort against Arizona. 338 passing and three touchdowns, 68 yards rushing in a score. What do you think about our boy up there in uh, Philly? And if he's on your wire, who would you play him? Well, let's say it this way. Who would you play over Jalen Hurts going into this this week against Dallas? Who would I play over that's probably, Jalen Hurts? Man. Yeah, okay. that's a better way to put it. It's a it's it's a good question. Um, Pat Mahomes, we're going to play over Jalen Hurts. Uh, you're going to play Kyler Murray, uh, Josh Allen. Probably, yeah, I'm going to play Deshaun Watson over him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then you get to Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I think that's where he basically enters the conversation is right there. And then you got, I think you got a Justin Herbert, you know, it's gotta be around there, but you know, once you get for sure, once you get past Herbert, like, I think he's really in the mix. I mean, and I haven't even said Russell Wilson yet, but we've just, we've seen the Seahawks offense struggling. So I think that's a great, like, would you be willing? I know you would, you do this stuff all the time. I, I, (laughs) I'm less likely, but would you be willing, take your Eagles hat off. And I know you can do Mm -hmm. that. Would you start him over Russell Wilson plays the Rams and you get the juicy matchup with Hertz versus the Cowboys. You're going to, you're going to play Hertz. Yeah, I made this mistake. I told you about it last night. I lost a Dynasty League final last night because I started Tom Brady over Jalen Hurts. Uh, And with the rushing upside, and now you see him throwing the ball down the field, getting all these guys involved, it's against that. For whatever reason, the Eagles are trying to win. Yeah, I'm playing Jalen Hurts because look at this. The guy can put up 400 yards and four touchdowns, and he can run. It's just two games, man. That's the problem. I, I get but it. We, we know how these things go. Um, the thing he has working for him this weekend is he has a great matchup, right, with the mm-hmm. Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys' pass rush has been good. Like, that's how they got the Niners early. You know, in that game, they got the Mullins. They put the pressure on. Um, they're terrible defending the run on the inside. But the one thing the Cowboys can do when they decide to play is rush the passer. So that'll be interesting because really the Cardinals are not that great at it. They do some things schematically, but they can't do it with just, you know, four guys like the Cowboys can. Um, So that'll be interesting. I I think, you know, for me, I'm starting Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, all of those I'm starting over Jalen Hurts. But then I'm at Jalen Hurts. Um, and if somebody wants to start him over one of those last couple of guys, I get it. But, man, two-week sample sizes for me mm-hmm. scare me, right? Um, and if they blow the Cowboys out, we saw what they were willing to do, you know, the week before. Really, literally just go into a shell and just run the ball. Now, he got to be a big part of that running game, but that takes his ceiling off, Right. That means, okay, well, I get 25 points out of Jalen Hurts. You'd need a shootout, you know, to get the 40 out of Jalen Hurts. So um, those are the things I think through. But, man, I, I get it. Like if somebody wants to be ballsy about it, I don't blame them. I mean, the guy, you know, he looked really good. He looked better. Like he surprised me. Like I went back and watched almost all of those throws, um, you know, because I'm actually off. So I was surprised, you know, I wouldn't say it's like pinpoint accuracy or anything. It's not like he's dropping mm-hmm. dimes and windows, but he's throwing the ball pretty well. <laughs> you yeah. know, he looks a lot like Dak Prescott. Yeah. 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 So Boy, you, know, you guys got a mess on your hands, but anyway, let's say that. Yes, we do. <laughs> Cheers to that, my friend. Oh God. We'll get that in the off season. Uh, the only other quarterback I want to talk about here is Baker Mayfield gets the jets this week. Who allow the second most points to QBs on the season. Now, this is according to your guys at PFF. He has 15 passing touchdowns since the OBJ injury in Week 7, which leads the league. He's looked good the last few weeks, my man. Would you throw him in the lineup if you were hurt? Maybe you got you know, Drew Brees and his performance scared you. Russell Wilson wasn't looking the best. I'm not playing him over Russell Wilson. I would be willing to play him over Drew Brees. Um, I'm, probably, I'm not going to play him even over Ryan Tannehill. I'll play him over Dalton, Bridgewater, Cam Newton, Jared Goff, Gardner Minshew, Stafford. Uh, you know, I'll play him over Tua. I'm going to play him over Mitch Trubisky. 
those are the guys that I'm going to play Baker over. So, I mean, this putting him in that, you know, 12 mm-hmm. to 14 range. The problem is, right, remember, this is an offense that at any moment, and they've done that this year, and we've seen the Vikings do it. We've seen the 49ers do it. This style of offense at any moment can just jump out on a team with the running game and say, that's it. We're only throwing the ball 20 times. That can legitimately still happen to Baker Mayfield. He had multiple games early in the season that wasn't even he, – he wasn't playing great, but a big part of it is they were running the ball so well, they just didn't need to throw it. Mm. But, I mean, the play action has been huge for Baker. I mean, it yeah. just makes life so much easier. I mean, if people can't see, like, what play action does – Look at Baker Mayfield last year, just trying to line up in the shotgun, read defenses, chunk the ball down the field like Ben's trying to do right now. And then look at the advantage he has by having this kind of a rushing attack with the wide zone where they make everything look the same, put the safeties and linebackers in a bind all the time. You know, it's just a lot of run after the catch opportunities. I think it, how anybody can not use play action, like as an offensive coordinator, like I, it's like beyond me at this point. Randy Fickner, I'm talking to you, sir. <laughs> they need to do so. I don't think Ben could throw the ball 10 yards down the field to begin with. <laughs> so we, he, got- he threw it like 30 to, to, to Deontay on a play or 25. Well, yeah, not the play I needed. That fourth down <laughs> at the end of the game, I tweeted the photo because I, and I knew you would appreciate this. So fourth down, he ended up throwing a ball like 10 yards over Juju's head. On the left side, Deontay Johnson is wide ass open. He's already got the corner in trail mode. He's five yards behind him. And then he's got a linebacker who's late to come over. If Ben can throw the ball out there, it's an 80-yard touchdown. And the you know, the Steelers, you know, go on and do whatever. Maybe they tie the game, but right. oh, whatever. Well, Carson Wentz is going to be the starting quarterback for Pittsburgh next year. I'm starting that rumor right now. Uh, let me throw some quick hitting QB questions at you because that's the point of the show we're at here. So you don't got to go crazy on them, but I'll throw them at you. Got our, our friends in the chat room want to know. Ryan Claus, Dwayne, Josh Allen or Deshaun Watson? Josh Allen. All right. Ba, ba, ba. I know people worry about New England, but you got Stefan Gilmore gone. That changes their whole offense. And New England held Allen and the Bills down earlier this year. I don't think they're capable of doing that at this point. Here's what would sway me back the other way. For some reason, Stefan Diggs doesn't play. We've been told it's not a big deal, but you and I always cringe when we hear the word foot injury together. It's this vague foot injury. And even the explanation of it, you know, by the coaching staff so far has been really vague. We don't think it's anything serious. It's just a foot. I'm like, well, like his Mm. foot, like the thing he uses to get open and run with. It's kind of like Joe Mixon. That wasn't a big deal either. Exactly. So those sort of things worry me. So if Diggs were to be out, I would I would swing uh, away from Allen over to Watson. All right, Felipe uh, Cardin. I, man, I took Spanish in high school too. Sorry, Felipe. We're just gonna call you Felipe. Nobody else is watching with that name. I need help at QB Superflex League. I need to decide between Big Ben. I'm already saying no on that one. Russell Wilson, or would you pick up Mariota and start him? If we find that Mariota is going to be the starter, I would be fine playing Wilson. Wilson has to play. I'm playing Wilson out of that group. I'm fine if you want to start uh, Mariota um, mm-hmm. over over Ben. But, I mean, Wilson is in. Was there another guy? Uh, it was Ben, Wilson, and then uh, Mariota. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, Wilson's in. I'm fine if you want to bench Ben for Mariota. I wouldn't blame you. He's going to give you that floor with the rushing yards, right? And he's got the upside in the passing game. Trubisky, Goff, or Matty Ice? 
Trubisky, Goff, or Matty Ice. Uh, this guy waited on his QB to like yeah, the free yeah, agent on QB a lot too. Um, I'm either going with I'm going with Trubisky or Ryan, right? Um, Trubisky traditionally really his biggest games really is blow up games where he has the two and three touchdown passes or against teams that run a lot of man coverage. Yes. Um, That's why I always killed the the lions. Yeah. The Jags don't, the Jags run a lot of zone. Um, They run about 35, 40% man, you know, look, even a team that runs a ton of man is only like in the 50, 60% range. So like you get, it's all relative, but the Jags are going to be in that 35, 40% range. So there's going to be more zone, but, but there's such a bad secondary, right? It's hard to hate on Mitch, but Mitch has not been as good against zone. Literally almost every big game he's ever had has come against man coverage. So just take that for what it's worth. But, but I would, I would lean, um, I'm going to lean to Matt Ryan, you know, in the matchup slightly. Um, but if, if you like Trubisky because of the floor, you like his rushing yard, you know, upside, go with it. I get a little bit scared though. Just anytime I got to use, I got to use Mitch. I'm going to switch gears here quickly before we go to running back. And boy, oh boy, this is like a, a show we do in week four when there's eight bazillion running backs to add off the waiver wire. And we're going to have a lot to talk about. But I want to crowbar this in here because news broke today that George Kittle, if he's healthy, his coach said, I'm going to play him. Now he plays Saturday. So we'll know that early before a lot of these other games go. Sam Cooney asks, if Kittle plays, is he a no-brainer start over Tanyan? Mind you also, Kittle gets his boy from college, C.J. Beathard, at quarterback this week. I think he is. You know, I mean, look, I like Tanyan. We've talked about him on here. Um, And he can be a good play, but he's also been living on touchdowns. Pretty much he catches a touchdown every week. It's not like Tanyan's been having those seven catches for 70 yards and a touchdown, right? He gets three catches for 30 yards and a touchdown, which is fine for a tight end. Like that's a tight end one, you know, <laughs> um, it's the lower end of a tight end one, but yeah, I, I am, I'm definitely willing to go with Kittle, especially if you look at your matchup, right. And you're just like, man, I, it's going to be a really competitive game. Or if you think you're a dog, then by far you're going Kittle. But I, I don't know about you, Drake, but I don't, if Kittle plays and I've held him this long, I'm using him in my championship game. <laughs> Why not? He's the most talented guy on the team, and you know they're not going to have Debo Samuel. So, uh, and we don't know what running back they're going to have out there at this point. Raheem Mostert went to the IR. Let's start there, since we're talking 49ers. This is in no particular order here. Maybe we'll do that in a minute. But so, if Jeff Wilson Jr. is out there, Tevin Coleman possibly out there, uh, you've got a chance here with this Kyle Shanahan offense. We love getting players in this offense. What do you think Saturday against Arizona? Uh, Wilson and or Coleman. I expect Jeff Wilson to carry the ball 50 to 55% of the team attempts. I think I expect Tevin Coleman to relieve him and get 15 to 20% of the attempts. I expect Jarek McKinnon to be the two minute and the long down and distance back for the most part. So I think you're going to have a three way committee, but I think Wilson will lead it. If the thing that could be problematic for Wilson is if for some reason they end up down early and they really trail like the whole time, then I think you could see more McKinnon and a little mm-hmm. bit more of Coleman. Um, so I think the script still needs to be right, you know, for Jeff Wilson. Look, it, it could go the other way. Wilson's played well, right? And they yeah, could just all good. of a sudden say 80% of everything to Jeff Wilson. But when have we seen Kyle Shanahan do that this year? 
no matter the circumstance, right? He just hasn't. He didn't even do it with Raheem Mostert early when he was healthy and other guys were hurt. So uh, we just we just haven't seen that. So my anticipation, right, is treat it like Jeff Wilson is basically Raheem Mostert when he was healthy, and he's going to have other guys in there to compliment him. So that's the way I would look at it. I want to look here and see. I, I should have done this earlier, but, hey, you know, I got a job. I got kids. We saw – Clyde Edwards-Hilaire go down, and his regular season is over with. Enter Le'Veon Bell. Owned in only 56% of Yahoo leagues, Bell and Daryl Williams are going to now relieve CEH. Bell came in 15 carries, 62 yards, and a score also caught one for 14. This is what I wanted to ask you, though, Dwayne, because you're the master of utilization. This is why you know our fans are listening to it, people in the industry listen to this show. Daryl Williams is not going away. There's a There could be a third down roll here, two-minute, long down and distance. I'd love to get your take on Daryl Williams and Lev Bell. Yeah. And unfortunately, we only have one data point where we've got no Clyde Edwards-Alaire and only Daryl Williams and Le'Veon Bell you know, on the active roster as far as running backs go. And, well, actually, you had Edwards-Alaire active that week, but he didn't play. That was week 13 where he was active but just stood on the sideline the whole time. And so the, the snaps were basically split, almost 50-50, slide edge to Bell. But really what people care about, I, I expect Bell to basically take on Clyde Edwards-Alaire's role. He's going to carry the ball 55 to 60% of the time would be my guess. That's what he did in week 13. Um, I think he has a chance to work a little bit more into the long down and distance role because he did that last week. And we know he's capable, mm-hmm. but you also have to be prepared that – he's not been used in that capacity until last week, really. So in the week where it was just those two guys, 100% of that work went to Williams, um, the two minute offense. They didn't have any of that. Uh, yeah, they did. 100% of it went to Williams that week, 0% to bell, but 100% of the snaps inside the five went to bell and 100% of the rushing attempts obviously went to bell. Um, so that's the way I'm looking at it. I think bell is going to be out there on first and second downs for most of the time. I think you're going to see Daryl Williams on the field a lot for third and long. Anytime they go into a hurry up offense, most of that is going to be Daryl Williams um, as well. I think once you're down inside the five yard line and you're trying to punch it in, you're going to see Le'Veon Bell on the field. So you got to look at this game. They're favored by 10 points, right? Over Atlanta. Um, Would anybody be surprised, you know, if they won by even more, you know, 30, Like Atlanta's just not been good. Now Atlanta's come out and, you know, had some competitive games, right? But, you know, I expect the Chiefs I expect the Chiefs to probably cover that spread. You know, it's at, it's not that home matters as much this year with the crowds and stuff. But I expect the Chiefs to cover the spread. So here's the problem. In that game, they actually had to go into their four minute offense in week thirteen. Guess who got one hundred percent of that? Daryl Williams. There he is, my boy. So so it makes it tough, man you know, to get super excited. If you're going to place a chip, it's going to be on Bell. It's not going to be on Williams. There you go. Williams isn't getting the work on the inside the five. Williams is like a an RB5, really. I mean, Williams, you would need the game to get into. You would need the Chiefs to all of a sudden just be down pretty big, you know, because they'll play it cool being down. They don't immediately like abandon ship like some teams. Like they'll kind of stick with their plan. They're like, oh, we're good. We're down by 14. We can score 14 like that. They've got to get down big to really alter their plans a lot as far as their personnel and the way they attack. So I, Williams really needs too much to work his way, but really he's just a pain in the ass for Bell owners. Now, here's yeah. what I'll say. We know Le'Veon Bell can handle all of these duties. 
this stuff that we're looking at, it's just the best thing we have. And we only have one data point. I will say Bell hasn't been used in the two minute offense or long down and distance much at all anyway. And he really, his role was kind of decreasing over the last couple of weeks. Um, but that could all go out the window. There is a range of outcomes that includes all of a sudden they let Bell handle 70% of the work. Like it could happen. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it. Right. I think he'll handle about 55, 60% of the attempts. Like I said, he'll get the work inside the five. He'll handle first and second downs. If they work in some first read stuff like screens and things like that, he, he, he has the upside to still catch three or four balls. So you just need him to score touchdowns. That's going to be the key. But you're in a game where you're favored. So I think Bell is an RB2 this week. It's going to be such a great week of DFS because there's all these new kind of mid-tier to low-end running backs that are going to be sliding into lineups. And I hope you guys had a chance to catch our show we did on Friday night with Ryan Reynolds and Cody Main of Establish the Run. The four of us did a DFS show, kind of a little test run for maybe some things down the road. And if you were playing DFS this week, hopefully you caught the late news about Tony Pollard because he got the start with your boy Ezekiel Elliott out. And, you know, he did pretty well in making the most of that opportunity. 69 yards rushing, two TDs, 12 carries, also caught six balls for 63 yards. Boy, boy, Dwayne, this kid looked good. Where have you been hiding him the whole season? Yeah, I mean, whenever you're behind a back that makes as much as Zeke, that's just what happens, right? You get hidden behind all the money. Um, and, and look, Pop, the Cowboys have liked Pollard and mm-hmm. they, they've been working him in slowly more and more and more over the last several weeks. They're saying some of that is due to Zeke's injury. Here's the problem, right? Like if Zeke's active, like it's just, it's a complete mess, right? They probably just cross each other out. And if I had to take a gamble, I probably still gamble on Pollard because I know he's healthy and I like what I saw in the passing game, you know? Um, and, and Zeke could still come out, you know, and have a nice game, but we know most likely he's going to be playing hurt, right? And he just hasn't been that great this year. I don't expect all that to change all of a sudden. You know, I expect Zeke to be very motivated this offseason. I think he'll probably be a value in drafts next season when the Cowboys be a second round pick. Exactly. And I think he's going to be well worth that. It won't be like some of the guys that we've said, oh my God, like this year, right? Remember all the backs we told everybody, no, 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 like run away. I don't. It, it's early, but I don't think that's going to be the way we're going to talk about Zeke next year. I think he's going to be a viable target, right, in the second round. Um, but as far as Pollard, man, if he does play, he's an RB1 because he doesn't leave the field. Last week, 90% of the snaps, 78% of the routes, 67% of the rushing attempts, 29% of the targets. I mean, like, what else do you want? Um, he gives you that high ceiling because of his uh, because of his involvement. Um, sorry, his high floor because of that involvement in the passing game. Right. And then he gives you the ceiling because he is explosive and he gives you that big play upside to break any any play, you know, like you saw at the very end of the Niners game. He really wasn't doing that great on the ground until he broke that run. Um, But it was a really good run. If you saw it, you know, he had to do some things to make that happen. It was a close game in the fourth quarter. The Niners didn't want him scoring there. Um, So you got to give props to to Tony Pollard. But if Zeke is out, he's an RB one this week. The Eagles are only 22nd in the NFL in fantasy points allowed to running backs. That's because they have a really good front four. Their linebackers are straight trash. Yeah, You saw Chase Edmonds last week run around, catch a bunch of balls, and score. And don't be surprised if Pollard eats them up uh, also. Uh, if you had a your number one waiver claim, Dwayne, and you're out there and you're looking at, I don't know if Bell's out there, Pollard, Wilson, Geo. Uh, Daryl Henderson, Fournette, who you 
who you're ranking maybe one, two, three to give the folks listening here 20 minutes in? Well, I mean, it's kind of tough right now because we just don't know if, if Zeke's going to play. So that cloudies mm-hmm. everything for Pollard. So you have more clarity around Jeff Wilson. You have more clarity around Le'Veon Bell and the fact that you know their starters are out, right? Mostert's out. We know that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that makes me lean to those guys. Um, but obviously if, if you're looking to block somebody else in your league or something along those lines, um, and you're going to put a bit in, you know, on all three, or you're, you, maybe you've got the Zeke owner for whatever reason who doesn't have Pollard and it's a championship game, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I would be looking for. Um, so unfortunately by the time we have to make the wire runs, we're probably not going to know what we need to know to like really give people the right answer. So for me, I'm prioritizing Le'Veon Bell and Jeff Wilson. I have a feeling Zeke's playing this week. I just, he was close last week Mm. and he was suddenly inactive. Now the Cowboys could change their mind, right? They could be like, what's the point? Why do we want to play Zeke right now? Why do we we want to take a chance of hurting Zeke? Now the players have a voice in this stuff. You know, we, we think it's all so clean and easy. You know, sometimes these guys want to play, you know, and Zeke could be very motivated. He could be like, holy crap, Pollard looked really good. You know, I want to go out mm-hmm. and have a good game. So it's really tough to say my gut says that, that Zeke's going to play. Again, this is just my gut because it's so early in the week is that Zeke's going to play. So I'm going to put more on Bell. And I will, I'll put those in order for you guys. Um, I'm going to put it as Henderson, then Bell, then Wilson, and then Pollard. Now, if, if some reason we found that, like, tonight <laughs> we get news around Zeke some way, Pollard immediately, obviously, you know, shoots shoots to the top. Now, here's the one thing I'll say, Drake. Let's say you've got a pretty good roster and none of those other three are going to bump your current starter. Mm-hmm. But let's say you've got a, an RB2 that, you know, is decent but not great, and none of the guys we just named, you're like, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't bench any of those guys for these guys. They're really just block blocking kind of moves. Then in that case, um, I might spend the most on Pollard, right? Just by the chance that I get the word Zeke's out. And then I'm like, I just upgraded my RB oh, yeah. to an RB one. So that would be the one scenario where I would think through it. And my strategy might be a little bit different for the way I wanted to treat Pollard. And that's a great point for the folks out there listening. If you're listening to this and maybe there's still some free agent guys available or it's before your wire runs, if you have scrubs on your bench, and I was talking to my friend about this, he's in a a finals in another league uh, before the show, and I said, literally anybody on your bench who you wouldn't care if your opponent would start them against you, drop them and pick up people to block. Pick up every running back. You know, if you've got – you know, I don't know. You're sitting there with, uh, I don't know, Travis Fulgham still on your bench, for instance. Drop his ass and and pick up Benny Snell yeah. or one of these guys. And it's who- 2020. Like any any kind of news like around COVID could pop up this week around oh. players on your roster that you sure. don't expect. So to your point, still be active. You know, even if you don't think you need Jeff Wilson, you know, and he's out there or, you know, Daryl Henderson, and he's out there, but you've got the blind bidding money to go or the fab money to go do it, or you're in the right waiver position to get them, and you have a player like what Drake talked about, just do it. Just do it. A, you're blocking. B, you don't know what's going to happen, man. We've had some crazy stuff right now. We don't know. Um, You know, we've got the Lions. We know there's two positive COVID tests, but we don't know who. What if it's DeAndre Swift? We don't know. We have no clue. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that kind of stuff you just got to think about. What if it's Marvin Jones and you're starting him? Then all of a sudden you're like, well, crap, one of these guys might look really good in your flex position instead of Marvin Jones. So I, I think that's great advice from you, Drake. All right. See, Dwayne and I don't do show prep before the show. We've just become on a wavelength where we go like, hey, we're going to talk about uh, X, Y, and Z. You cool? Yep. All right. See you then. And I didn't know that your top claim would be Daryl Henderson. Yeah, you know, obviously we would have gotten to him tonight, but – I'm going to circle back to this now because it raised an eyebrow like the rock. And I want to know why are you prioritizing Daryl Henderson who had negative two yards rushing last week over all those other guys? I mean, it was on one carry. <laughs> it's like, okay, anybody can have negative two yards on one carry. Numbers it's, don't lie. It can happen. Yeah. So Context, yeah, number, numbers Context don't matters. lie. Moving to the bottom. Um, th- those guys, let me be clear. They're all close, Right. The thing I like, and I don't think Henderson, I do believe that Malcolm Brown's going to be involved. But what I've seen, you know, with Henderson um, is even in bad game scripts, in the games where Cam Akers has had three snaps or less, so he's missed two games, and he's had three other games where he had three snaps or less, here are the opportunities that were given, so targets or rushes that were given to Daryl Henderson. 15, 22, week four he did have a bad one, which was nine, but then he had 14 and he had 17. So if, if you're telling me I'm most likely getting somewhere around 14 to 17 touches as the Rams running back for Daryl Henderson. And, and just so people are clear, one of those games, they let, they had, he had 15 carries when they led 93% of the time. He had 22 carries when they trailed 77% of the time. Um, he had 14 carries when they trailed 100% of the snaps. He had 17 carries when they led 78%. So across every kind of script, bad, in between, good, right, as far as whether the you know the team was leading or trailing, um, Henderson at least got that many touches. It's much more all over the board for these other guys. Um, you know, if you go back and look at the way they've been treated, um, you know, in those situations. Now, obviously, Pollard would change everything. Now, I, I, I do think that Wilson, you know, is in a little bit of a similar situation, but they'll use two extra backs with him. It, it's going to be two backs only, right, with the Rams. They don't, they, didn't, they don't have a third guy they like to use. They'll use three when they're all three healthy, but it's just two backs. I worry about with, uh, you know, Jeff Wilson, there could be two guys with Tevin Coleman and McKinnon getting involved. So that scares me off a little bit. With Le'Veon Bell, you know, you could argue for Bell, but let's just think about it. How has everybody felt about Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Like, he's been an RB2 for how long, you know, and a low-end RB2 many weeks. So it's like, really, what is Le'Veon Bell's upside? You know, uh, again, he could come out and play all the snaps, and then he would definitely be worth it, and I get it. But looking at the role, you know, and looking at Bell and looking at the touches that I think he's going to get versus what I think, you know, Henderson's going to get, I just slightly lean to Henderson. But – Mm-hmm. Again, I will not blame anybody. Like I put those two, they're really close. I put those two really close and I put Wilson below them. The other guy that we haven't talked about is Leonard Fournette, right? He could be available. He was the next guy um, on the list. <laughs> yeah. So I think the, the, the thing with Fournette is um, assuming Rojo's out, you know, he was very, very involved, right? In the game last week. So from a hang on, let me find it, Drake. Because like 14, 14 rushes for 49 yards and two touchdowns in their win over the Falcons. He is rostered in 78% of Yahoo okay. leagues. So I'm sure there's a lot of leagues out there where he's just sitting on somebody's bench. But 
for you folks out there who do have him or he's available. His opponent this week, the Detroit Lions, give up the most fantasy points on the season to running backs per game. Yeah. So here's the difference, though, for Fournette. 78% of the attempts, right, where these other guys, I'm expecting them to be in the somewhere between 40 and 60% of their team's attempts. So Fournette getting 78% was in a route almost 50% of the time. He got 75% of the four-minute offense, right? So if the Bucs get out and they get into a leading situation, which they very easily could, this could be a blow-up a blow up game, right, for Lynn Fournette. I know everybody wants to write him off, but to your point, the Lions are terrible. Awful. Like, like te- literally, just god-awful. And so I could easily see, you know, Fournette breaking off a long run when no one expects him to. Um, and he got all the four-minute work. So if they get out to a lead, he also gets to salt the whole thing away, whereas Le'Veon Bell, we haven't seen him get to do that. Right. So Le'Veon Bell, you're just basically hoping he scores a touchdown and that it's a blowout. And maybe they change their mind and give him the four minute work instead of Daryl Williams. But we don't know with Fournette. We know he's going to see two thirds, you know, to 70 percent to a little over that. Right. Of all the carries, he's going to be the guy to salt the game away if they need him. Gets all the work inside the five. He gets most of the snaps. Yes, he doesn't get the long down and distance. That goes to LaShawn McCoy. He doesn't get the two-minute offense. But I don't think that's going to be really that in play this weekend. In this game script, I don't expect a ton of long down and distance. I don't expect a lot of two-minute work. In fact, there may be zero two-minute offense snaps from the Bucks this weekend. Hmm. I mean, so and then I would go to the top of, of the list is what I'm saying. I would put him at the very top of the list we just talked about. He would go ahead of Daryl Henderson. I just put out there in the chat, and I appreciate all our good friends out there, a link to our T-shirt store. If you're on Twitter, go over to at Hustle. That's our show Twitter account. And our pinned tweet is to our T-shirt store. We've got some really cool stuff out there. We've got this Fighting Chance fantasy shirt that I'm wearing. We've got this old-school throwback Fantasy Football Hustle podcast shirt. We have our brand-new logo. And I just broke it out on Twitter today, Dwayne. And I've sent you a couple of the prototype photos. We have, and if you go on Twitter, you can see it, a new shirt coming out to highlight our friend Dwayne and all of the analytics bros in the industry are going to lose their mind with our Tombstone-inspired analytical assassin t-shirt that's got the... It's kind of the uh, silhouette of all the guys from Tombstone, the movie on the front, and the Western font says analytical assassin. And on the back, it's got our hustle logo and the phrase regression is coming. So that will be out soon. Uh, It's going to be a kick-ass gift for all you guys. So if you're out there, check it out uh, and enjoy. Let me see. Let's answer a couple of questions here before we keep diving into the running backs. If Zeke is out, I have Fournette, Pollard, and Dobbins. Who are you going to start in that trio? Fournette, Pollard, Dobbins. Um, Pollard's definitely in, right? Mm-hmm. He's my one. I think Fournette's my Fournette's going to be my two. I, I, I like, I look, I like Dobbins, but he is, he still does have a, run, a rushing quarterback in Jackson, right? That he's got to share with. And then Gus Edwards, even though Gus Edwards really isn't getting as much as people say, I mean, he gets about twenty five percent of the attempts. The bigger problem is when Dobbins gets forty, Dobbins gets forty to fifty percent, right? You know, he still has to share. You know, he can't get up to the 60 to 70 percent range because of Lamar Jackson and how much he takes up. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing I'll say for Dobbins this week is whenever uh, the Ravens are leading by seven points or more, 
Lamar Jackson's uh, rush percent drops down from about 35%, you know, for their team down to 20% and the running backs shoot up. And a lot of that work goes to Dobbins. He gets a lot of the four minute uh, close it out, you know, work. A little bit of that does go to Gus Edwards, but Dobbins gets most of that. Dobbins gets all the work inside the five. Gus really hasn't been getting much. Gus gets an occasional carry, but more of it goes to Dobbins. Dobbins also gets all the two minute work. Long down and distance is going to Justice Hill. So I, I really do like Dobbins. I would just put him behind those two um, this week because they're really, they're going to have the for sure touches that with Dobbins, it's, we know his touches are going to be there, but the range of how many touches he can have is wider, I believe, than those other two guys. All right. Our good pal, Steven Dominguez asks, if Connor doesn't play, and we're talking about James Connor of the Steelers, and we'll get to Benny Snell in a moment. Uh, put these three in order from best to worst in a standard league. Snell, David Johnson, and Manny Sanders. So if you saw Snell, he went out on Monday Night Football, had an okay showing. You know, he wasn't the worst guy on the field and, uh, you know, got you, I think, in a half-point PPR, something like 15, 18 points. So put those guys in order, Dwayne. Snell, David Johnson, and Manuel Sanders. Um. I'm going to lean to David Johnson, then Snell, and then Sanders. There you go. It's and Sanders. Sanders. Yeah. Okay. T. Capretta. Sounds like an 80s, uh, like, like a hitman on like a spy show. Uh, Henderson. Where'd you dig that up? That's really good, Drake. It's week 16. <laughs> Henderson, Dobbins, Hunt. Need two and a half point PPR. Dwayne's pounding him down there. What are you Dobbins, drinking? I'm using Dobbins and Hunt. Dobbins right, forget and all Hunt. that. Nobody cares about these guys. What are you drinking? That's what they want to know. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm actually drinking a Colorado Bulldog. So I don't know why, man. I've been like on these lately. So it's Tito's, some Coke, a splash of milk, and then Kahlua. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's like a little drink before bedtime. It's like you, you get your sweet tooth and you get you a little bit of alcohol in your system and pass out. Dwayne, you know your co-host is a liquor salesman, and I uh-huh. sell Schmirnoff, Kettle One, and Ciroc, and you slap me in the face with this Tito's nonsense. Which my mean, company Tito's also is- sells and makes a bazillion dollars off, but it doesn't affect my bottom line. It's made in Texas, man. Sorry. Oh, geez. So, <laughs> all right. Let me see. Ba, ba, ba. Who else can we talk about here? Let's talk about Benny Snell. You know, that Steelers offense just looks awful. Big Ben is a shell of himself. God only knows, you know, he's got to come back next year because he's got a huge cap number. You know, Snell's out there running behind a banged up offensive line. If he was available, any chance you're going to plug him into a lineup? I mean, you're playing against the Colts, which typically they play pretty close games. They're a good team. Um, but, But the Colts are not the kind of team, you know, that just really you know, scare me like there's just no way, right, that the Steelers can stay in the game. I think there's a chance they do. The Steelers obviously could self-implode. They've been terrible. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm willing to get Snell in the lineup. I think he is, you know, down there with, you know, uh, a lot of the guys that we talked about. I would put him right in the same range, you know, with with Daryl Henderson and the rest of the guys, Le'Veon Bell, those guys that we talked about. Um, you know, as long as Connor's out, I mean, he handled 78% of the rushing attempts, 
you know, and that's a game where they were getting their butts kicked. So that's good news, right? It wasn't like they tried to supplant him with Jalen Samuels or Anthony McFarlane, and he actually played pretty good. So in a game where you had the Steelers really play bad, we really got our best running back performance from a Steelers running back in like six or seven weeks out of Benny Snell this week. And, and again, he didn't look great. He wasn't a world beater, but I thought he looked fine. You know, he did what was asked of him. The, here's the big thing for Snell. Handled 80% of the two-minute offense. Didn't give that away. 75% of long down and distance. 100% of the work inside the five. So essentially, he was what, when we drafted Connor <laughs> at the beginning of the third round this year, the role he was given last night is the role that we always hoped Connor would have. And they gave it to Benny Snell. So I would still put him below Fournette. Um, you know, I'm obviously putting him, you know, I, I, what order do we have again, Drake? Now I, got, I don't like, I've been drinking. What did I have it at? Um, so we got first, we had Fournette. So we had Leonard Fournette. Pollard, obviously we're waiting to see what happens. You know, was he, we got Daryl Henderson. We got Le'Veon Bell. We got Jeff Wilson. Who am I missing? I'm missing. I got another guy I'm going to throw at you right now. Salvin. Don't do that yet. Give me. I just want to know the guys we've already talked about first. Oh Jesus! Yeah, See, anyway. if, if, we were so real, if we were a real show, we'd have somebody. Doesn't matter. People don't care. As long as we give them the answer. So, so yeah, Benny Snell. You know, I'm putting him right there uh, with Daryl Henderson and Le'Veon Bell. Okay. So I kind of put those two guys in a tier. Len, Len Fournette's above those. Pollard's obviously above those. If he if Zeke's out, um, and then. I would say you've got uh, Jeff Wilson just down below those guys. That's how I would have it. There's a rumor that Miles Gaskin could return off the COVID list this week. Mm-hmm. And if he does, that could throw a wrench into the Salvan Ahmed party. Ahmed was kind of forgotten about uh, after, you know, the last three weeks. You know, he had that great few week run where everyone's like, oh, wow, who's this guy? And then he, oh, he didn't do anything for three weeks, and he was on the COVID list. Pops back up here in week 15, 23 carries for a buck 22 and a score. Now he gets the joke of a Raiders defense in week 16. I, I think this is going to be one of those touchy things. If Gaskin comes off, then it's who knows. You know, maybe they're splitting or whatever. But if Gaskin stays on and Ahmed is still free and easy, boy, oh, boy. And he's only owned in 35% of Yahoo leagues. Yeah, and it's a tough one to navigate because we haven't seen Ahmed and Gaskin healthy together. It's they, you know, Gaskin went out, Ahmed came in and did really well. Gaskin mm-hmm. came back, Ahmed was out with a shoulder injury, which kept him out for the last few weeks. Gaskin's now out, and you get Ahmed back, right? And instead of DeAndre Washington, you've got Ahmed, who handled 56% of the carries, 60% of the snaps, 50% of the routes. Like, to your point, like, you know, he's right there in that RB2 conversation. But if Gaskin comes back, I can't help but think they're at least going to split, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Gaskin played, you know, Gaskin played really well, you know, for the first part of the season. So I just feel like those two guys are going to probably hurt each other. I just don't know enough to be comfortable saying, oh, I think it's going to be this guy or that guy. You guys would really have as much of a chance of making that determination as I would because we just don't have the data points to say how they would handle the backfield when those two guys are healthy because they both played pretty well, considering the fact that we didn't know about either one of them really or didn't think they were going to be fantasy assets coming in you know, to this season. 
So I, I, I would shy away from that situation if I could. Now I know it's hard because it's so juicy when you get the Raiders who are just Raiders stuck. What a fraud. They're they are. so bad against the run. And we talked about it very early in the season, how their rank against the run was deceiving because just watching the game, the games, they were getting blown off the line. They just happened to get in some good scripts where they forced other teams to stop running. And it really masked a lot of things. So if, if, if you just have Ahmed active, I mean, he's borderline RB one this week against the Raiders. Like, I mean, I'd, I'd be willing to, you know, I haven't done my actual rankings for the week yet. You know, I haven't finalized them. And my list is shorter now because my teams have dwindled down that mm-hmm. I got to worry about. But um, I, I just knowing like the process, like I can go through this stuff pretty fast in my head. Like I, he's probably a low end RB1 this week if, if Gaskin is out. This week is going to be insane, Dwayne, because we're 43 minutes into the freaking show. And we've got guys who were just mentioning who were like, yeah, this guy could be an RB1 this week. We got, we can talk about another guy who had a killer week. He's got the best mustache in fantasy, and he's got a fantastic, fantastic matchup this week, and that's Gio Bernard. Hey, remember that guy from a few years ago? Well, he's still rocking and rolling. Put up 22 points and a half point PPR, toted it 25 times for 83 and a touch. And you think he's got a tough matchup this week? No way. He gets the crappy Texans defense who give up the second most points on the year to running backs. And he's only owned in 53% of Yahoo leagues. There's another guy you could plug into your championship line of Dwayne. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like, I don't know. It's for geo. My problem is like, we saw that we saw him get 76, 67, 68% of snaps, you know, before in the season. And he'd still give us like these eight and three rushing attempt games. Like even though he was out there, Right. And the targets, the problem for him has been that the targets haven't been enough to overcome, even though he gets to be out on the field a lot of the time in the two minute offense and in the long down and distance. They just haven't been using him much, you know, in the passing game, you know, here recently. So, I mean, I've got it opened up back to week 12. Let me go back a little bit further, like the cat a couple of weeks before that. He had a seven target game in week 10. Um, so uh, that's that's my worry with geo as I just, even though he gets the snaps, there's such a terrible offense. I, I know they came out and played well, really, let's be honest, their offense played crappy. Geo surprised everybody by scoring those two touchdowns on a short, on, you know, basically short fields where, you know, the, the Steelers terrible offense gave them good field position and, and the Bengals <laughs> offense didn't have to go very far. Um, and Geo's just their best player ran a great angle route, you know, to catch a touchdown pass, you know, they're it's like the second quarter, I think, you know, then he had the rushing touchdown before that. So I look, I just don't, it's fine. To your point, he goes, he's here with these other players. I mean, I would put him, you know, with Jeff Wilson, I would rather start um, Henderson, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette. I would, you know, probably, and I would, I would start Snell. I would start all those guys over Geo. Then you got Jeff Wilson and then probably Geo below that, um, you know, in a PPR format. You want low-end running backs? I got a low-end running backs. Come on down to the loading docks, 50% off. Bring your kids, bring your family, free balloons for everyone. I got Divino Zigbo and Dare Ogumbawale from Jacksonville because James Robinson's beat up with an ankle injury. He's probably not going to play. That's going to screw a lot of guys who maybe made finals where he carried you all season. Uh, I'm sure we don't have to spend a lot of time here. Any interest in these two? Man, yeah, but – we just don't know who's going to get it. 
you know. So these are the these are the guys that are going to be available, right? If you're in some really deep leagues, you know, like Geo, none of those other guys are available, and you know, most of them have all have all been on a roster. So if you're in a super deep, super competitive league, like this Ozigbo is the kind of player you're talking about. So if you're the owner, you know, of Robinson, and you just don't have any other options, I mean. I think Ozigbo is going to get it. I just don't know if they're going to treat him the way they did Robinson. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Bawale played more last week when, um, you know, we had a dinged up Robinson anyway, you know, and a lot of that was his passing down work, but I don't see, I just don't see Bawale being the guy they give all the carries to. I think the more likely guy is Ozigbo to handle say 60, 65% of the rushing attempts. Um, but again, I can't, I have no proof of anything to say for sure that's going to happen. That's just, I think that's what you're hoping for. Right. But it could literally be a situation where he gets 40%. Right. And Ogunbowale gets 30%. And then they let somebody else take 10%, you know, and then the quarterback runs 15%. So it's, it's one of those situations where it's just really, really hard to say, um, you know, Drake, you know, how that whole thing's going to turn out and you don't have a great matchup either. Right. Against the bears. Now he's overcome, he hasn't exploded against really good defenses, but he's overcome, you know, some tough situations. Last week he saved us, you know, with a with a receiving touchdown, a great catch, right? Tracking the ball over his shoulder, you know, getting to the pylon and scoring. Um, but I just I if you're just absolutely hard up, right? And you've been starting Robinson and you don't have another back to replace him with, and you're like, Dwayne, I have to use Ogamwale or I have to use Ozigbo. I'm picking Ozigbo. <laughs> yeah. I just want to give a shout out here quickly to uh, Josh Norris of Roto World. Guy's been there a long time, and uh, he tweeted out today that I think he's been there eight years, and his uh, this is his final few weeks there. I've really enjoyed his podcast that he does uh, with the Roto World guys. I listen to their game by game wrap up every Monday when I'm driving to work to kind of get myself caught up for this show. Uh, so good luck to him in the future. Uh, really appreciate all the quality work that they put out. Uh, Somebody else who's doing good work is our pal Ryan Reynolds. And let's switch gears quickly to defenses because that matters. And uh, Dwayne, we know Ryan is a big defense guy. So I've got his ETR waiver wire column pulled up. And on his defenses waiver wire column, uh, he has a note. The Browns and Bears are both highly motivated teams playing the two worst teams in football in week 16. Their defenses would substantially top this list if either are available in your league. So I just want to get that out there. Browns, Bears, if they're out there. Uh, some guys who are out here, according to our pal Ryan, the Bucks playing against the Lions, the Eagles against the Cowboys, Washington against the Panthers. You got uh, Arizona against the 49ers, Texans, Bengals. Good luck. I don't know if we want to go that route, but any other defense out there that you're kind of eyeing up? Just look at the spreads, find the largest spreads, and then find uh, the opposing team that's going to be that's projected to lose. And do they drop back and pass a lot? And are they willing to pass? Which most teams are going to, they obviously pass more when they're behind. But do you think it's a team that even if the the game script doesn't go the way Vegas has it, do you think they're still going to drop back and pass a lot? Right. And then you pick those matchups. Um, so, and, you know, the lower the point total, the better. Let's get into some wide receiver talk here, and we'll start it with a question from our pal Lucius Vorinus. I pray that's your real name. That's very Marius Janulis-like for you 1990s Syracuse basketball marks out there. All right. 
Pick two wide receivers. Thielen, Metcalf, Hilton, Sanders, Godwin. So, again, I'm not sure if this is PPR or not. We'll assume it is. Thielen, Metcalf, Hilton, Sanders, Godwin. Need two. Yeah, it's Metcalf and Thielen. Yeah. Don't overthink it. I mean, yeah, Godwin's next in line. Um, you could argue Hilton in over Godwin, like as your third place, you know, if you wanted. Um, I mean, Godwin is just in an offense that's very balanced, but so is Hilton, right? You just don't know. Like, I know Hilton's been on a heater the last three weeks, but with these really balanced offenses, you know how it goes. It can just kind of be a seesaw um, of who ends up having really the bigger week. But Thielen and Metcalf, you know, uh, Metcalf is the main target on his team. Thielen is, you know, basically the 1B now, Jefferson, but he can still easily be the 1A any week. And he gets a lot of looks in the end zone and he gets open on those. So I would go with the, and I think this is a game where Minnesota is going to have to score points, right? Mm -hmm. They're not going to be able to just kind of lean on Dalvin Cook the whole game. They're going to need to throw the ball a little bit more. All right. I got another fun one here. Oh, where'd it go? All right. Johnny Guerrero. I wonder if he's any relation to Eddie Guerrero. Sit one. All right, so we're not asking to play one. We're asking to sit one. A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin with old uh, strip club McGee at quarterback, Godwin, and Kiki Kuti. This may come down to if strip club McGee is his quarterback this week, because if he's yes. not, it then does. abandon ship. It does come down to that. And I have this exact decision. Um you know, I'm in fifth place right now in the Football Guys Players Championship, and I have McLaurin in my uh, second, you know, flex spot. He's been there all year. But if they're down to the third-string quarterback who was just activated from the practice squad, what is it? I don't even know if I know this name right, Derek Taylor Heineke. Is that how you say it? I, you yes. know, you I think, wasn't he on the pronunciations by watching games and hearing the names, and I've never – heard this guy's name in a game so i'm not sure if that's like how you say it like if it comes down to that that's terrible right that's going to be bad and so at at that point i'm going to remove terry mclaurin and my and put dj Moore in in my lineup you know so here your option would be you're going to put in qt yeah taylor heineke uh i got i feel like he See, now you're going to make me try to spell I, this. He I was thought he played for the Panthers. He, he did. He played for the Panthers. And so, like, they literally have, like, all their old quarterbacks, right, on their roster. <laughs> yeah, you go to Roto World, I pull up Tyler Heineman, who apparently is a catcher for the San Francisco Giants. So, man, good luck. Heimlich maneuver. Good luck also. with him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Heimlich maneuver is what you're going to need if Heineke starts at quarterback. <laughs> Seriously. In a PPR, I'm starting A.J. Brown, and I need one from Manny Sanders, McLaurin, and Kuti. It's McLaurin if one of the two starting quarterbacks, Alex Smith or Strip Club, if they play. Um, Strip Club McGee is going to be a shirt coming real soon. (laughs) Man, the Sanders thing, uh, his routes have been great up in the 90 and 80% range the last two weeks. Um they don't really have anybody else. Traquan Smith could miss this week. Um, we already know that Mike Thomas is out until the playoffs, at least. Jared Cook is not in a route except maybe 60, 65% of the plays. So you could really think there's a scenario where Emmanuel Sanders and Alvin Kamara are the two best players they have on offense, right? And this is a game, again, for the Saints, 
where Minnesota can score points, even though they're they're I feel like that line's a little high right now. Uh, you know, New England, I mean, New Orleans minus seven and a half. Um, I know Minnesota, you know, their overall record hasn't been great, but they've been pretty competitive lately and their offense has been good. So I expect Minnesota to hang in that game. Maybe they do lose by a touchdown, but I think there's going to be enough offense, right? And Emmanuel Sanders is still a great route runner. It's just a matter of, um, you know, does Drew Brees go to him? So, I mean, Sorry. I know it's kind of, that's like me talking through it myself. <laughs> Dude, we but, have 11,000 Emmanuel Sanders questions here in the chat. Yeah. yeah. So here's what I would say. I'm going to lean, I'm going to lean to Kiki Kuti just because he has the better quarterback right now. I mean, we just, Drew Brees just doesn't look right. Um, Deshaun Watson looks great. The problem you have with Kuti, the buyer beware like tag on Kuti is if the Texans, and they are eight-point favorites right now. If the Texans jump out right on the Bengals, we know that they go away from their 11 personnel looks. And not completely, but they'll start using 12 personnel. And then all of a sudden, the routes for Kuti can drop down into the 60 to 50% range. That was always the problem with Randall Cobb right, and their offense. But the good news is, as long as it's within a score, if the Bengals can just keep it close through the half, you can probably get what you need you know, from Kuti. Um, but otherwise, like if it's just a blowout, like, uh, you know, really early and Kuti doesn't get his points early and you're trying to sit in there hoping for him in the second half, it could get ugly, but I would go with Kuti. All right, let's see. What are we doing here? Oh, here's a couple of guys we love on the hustle. Aaron Martinez asks, who do I start in a half point PPR? DJ Moore or Brandon Ayuk? Ayuk. It's, just, I mean, it's the targets, man. Beat hard. 40, 40 to 35% of the targets each week. And 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 Beathard, I don't know how much of a downgrade he is really from Mullins. Beat hard, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> All right, pick two. Emmanuel Sanders, DJ Moore, Hollywood Brown. Full point. DJ Moore, Hollywood Brown. He's going on at this while you're listening. Analytical assassin. He's up these snipering guys with these these calls. Uh, Oh, we got a quarterback question here. This guy did not pick a quarterback at all in his draft, and I appreciate it. Tua at Vegas or Matty Ice at KC, assuming Julio sits? I'm I'm – I'm leaning to Matty Ice, but oh, man, Vegas is so crappy. <laughs> Seriously, it's kind. Of, it was close earlier when somebody asked me, right? Trubisky versus Ryan. This is kind of similar because Trubisky yeah. had the Jags, Tua's got Vegas. Um, if there's no Julio Jones, I'll go with Tua. It's really close. Like the thing with Matt Ryan. Like he's so he's not like he's been in the past. Like we just don't have the consistency, right? He can literally show up with that two hundred yard one touchdown, you know, or just two touchdowns passing, you know, and two hundred yards. Which in playoff time, right? It's it's tough to get by on. You're really looking for a little bit more upside from your quarterback. You know, obviously you're stacked in other areas if you waited, you know, on quarterback, and that's how you've gotten here. But I'll I'll lean slightly to it. But I'll say, man, it's tight, like really tight. He says it's super flex. Wink. Yeah, we, we understand it. Okay. 
How about this one? Uh, Kareem Hunt or Tony Pollard this week? If there's no Zeke, Tony Pollard. Hmm? If there is Zeke, I go Kareem Hunt. Tannehill or Deshaun Watson? Mm, man, that that's a really tough one. Like it should be a no-brainer. Just go with Deshaun Watson, right? Because if you if you simulate that out over and over and over, regardless of what these matchups are, Watson's the guy to play. Um, Tannehill, I just like because I think it's one of the better games of the week, right? You get Tennessee versus Green Bay. They both need this game. I, ex- you know, we can never say, but I expect it to sh- to be a shootout. I expect there to be a lot of points. Tennessee can't stop anyone. Green Bay, their defense can show up from time to time, but they're they struggle against the run, right? And Derrick Henry, as long as they don't get behind by a lot, you know, is going to be able to do his thing. I'm going to stick with Deshaun Watson. Um, because I don't want to get cute on it. And I still think, you know, like six out of 10, seven out of 10 times, you're right. Playing Deshaun Watson, right. Mm. Over Tannehill. Um, I I do expect nice things from Tannehill this weekend though. I love this guy right here. Hertz or Aaron Rodgers? Let's go. We know where I'm going, baby. Hertz. Aaron Rodgers. Easy. How about are, we're back in the saddle? Hurts or Tannehill? Oh my God! That all right? We're, he's wavering, folks. We got him. He's on the fence. It's really close, man. Um, man, say it. Say yeah. it. It's dude. That's so close. I, I'm, not, oh. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not trying to get out of it. I just. It's uh, honestly. Here's the th- here's the thing. Like the way I play, I'm playing Tannehill. I'm still playing Tannehill over Hertz this week, just because it's a two game sample. I'm not gonna blame anyone or or say, hey, that was a bad decision if you go Hertz because he is in a really good spot. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think the one thing the Cowboys have that he hasn't had to really deal with yet. You know, now the Saints have this, but they just got out on him early, right? But it's the pass rush, and so I just want to see, you know what that looks like and how Hertz handles that. Um, but it is close, but I'm, I'm, I'm leaning slightly to Tannehill. I, I would guess most experts in the industry, you know, are going to lean to Hertz, honestly, on that pick. Um, I'm just higher on Tannehill than a lot of other folks in the industry. We had six straight, wait, one, two, three, six straight Jalen Hurts questions. So we said it earlier in the show, Dwayne, let's just quickly go over it again. What quarterbacks are you playing over Jalen Hurts? Well, somebody just asked about it over Murray. There's no way I'm playing Hurts over Murray. Here's the quarterbacks I'm for sure playing over Jalen Hurts. Uh, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, um, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert and Ryan Tannehill are the next two. And that's where I think basically he enters and Tom Brady, he enters the conversation there. You could talk me into starting Hertz over any of those. You could also talk me into, man, Hertz doesn't have a long enough track record. And I like this other matchup with one of these other guys. I'm going to stick with it. I mean, Justin Herbert's been doing this all season, right? He's had a few bad games, but like this guy puts up, high 20s and 30-point games like over and over and over again. So it's just – it's hard to go away from him. 
Um, so that's what it would look like for me. I named the ones that would for sure be overhurts and then where it starts to become a discussion. And then anybody I didn't name, yeah, he's over all. Well, Russell Wilson would be part of the where it's, um, you know, you can make it. I'm starting Russell Wilson, you know, in that situation. But you could talk me into – you couldn't talk me into it, but you could probably talk a lot of other people into Jalen Hurts. Sounds like a fake name. Jay Schmeling 20. PPR need one. Ahmed Goleman, Kuti Lamb. Ahmed, so got a couple Goleman. of running backs, Ahmed Goleman, then a couple of receivers in Kuti and Lamb. And how many do we need? Just one. And it's PPR or half? PPR. Um, so if Gaskin is out, I'm going with Ahmed um, I'm worried about Gallman. Now you get Devonta Freeman back, um, potentially coming in and mixing things up. They gave more work to Alfred Morris last week, and I just don't like this game. They're in a bad spot <laughs> this week, right? Um, you know, for the Giants. So I just kind of struggle to figure out how I'm going to get Wayne Gallman into a lineup, you know, this week. So my next pick is going to be Cootie. The problem with Lamb right now in the Cowboys, you just never know who it's going to be. Somebody's going to get eight to 10 targets, and then the other players are going to be left out. Now, Michael Gallup uh, has got a hit pointer, so he could miss this game. The problem is it didn't mean more work for C.D. Lamb last week. It meant more work for Noah Brown and more work for uh, Cedric Wilson. So those two guys saw more snaps after Gallup got hurt. It wasn't Lamb. If, if we had seen Lamb make that jump and all of a sudden get up in that 85% route run rate, I would choose Lamb You know, in this situation, but that isn't what happened. Aaron Martinez wants to know who do I start in a PPR? Doc Holiday or Johnny Ringo? Oh, Doc Holiday. <laughs> Come hey, on. We, we never got around to talking about this, but holy Jesus, 400,000 running backs to, to talk about today. Edo Smith in Atlanta with Todd Gurley now basically being relegated to the pine. Uh, not not a coffin, just just pine the bench. Edo Smith worth a look this week. Edo Smith, if you read the utilization report, has already taken over the starting role. They've just now said it. <laughs> I mean, he's had 58 and 50% of the rushing attempts over the last two weeks where uh, Gurley has had 32 and or has had eight. Yeah, 32% and 8%, right? Um, we had talked about a couple weeks ago, Edo starting to take over for Brian Hill as the second back, and now he's just ascended up over Todd Gurley, who has descended into the utter depths of despair. Um, so Gurley, Gurley's done. Like, I don't even know if we'll, will Todd Gurley be in the league next year. I would guess probably not. Um, be so, backing up Tony Pollard in Dallas. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Well, cause we're going to ship Zeke to, you know, the Eagles um, for Carson. Well, never mind. Yeah. He'll, he'll um, get four yeah. carries a week. Like uh, Miles Sanders does. Yeah. So for Edo, the, you know, he does have some pass catching chops. Um, so he had his routes, uh, 40% routes per dropback last week, which is not great, but maybe we see another little bump there. Maybe he gets up to 65% of the carries and 50% of the routes. Then he does start to get into that range with like the guys like Ahmed. He's got a tougher matchup, right, against the Chiefs. Um, but yeah, I think he he fits squarely, you know, to the lower end of the spectrum of the guys that we talked about earlier. What are you doing for Christmas this year? Yeah, 
staying home with the family? You got anybody coming over? What do you guys do with the McFarland household? You got a kid in college now. Yeah, I mean, we have a couple things. That, I mean, we have a bunch of things we normally do, and we've like scaled it back to just a few things, just out of respect for like some family members wanting to be more cautious. You know, we've got you know grandparents and all kinds of stuff like that. So, um, trying not to expose them, you know, to COVID nineteen. Um, so normally, like our day is fully packed. Like on New on sorry Christmas Eve, we usually get up, we go over to my wife's in laws to her dad's side of the family. And we get over there around 10. We hang out there till one or two. Then we would go over to my dad's house, like around, we'd first drop, stop by here, drop off all the gifts, right? That <laughs> the kids get, like clear all that out. Then head over there, um, usually have dinner with my dad. Um, then we would open gifts, do all that over there. Then come back here, wake up, do our stuff Christmas morning here. And then we have a man, my wife, Amanda, we'd have her mom's side of the family and my mom's side of the family come over here. Both of our parents are divorced and remarried. So have um, all them come over here and hang out, but we've just reduced all that. So like this year, what's going to happen is Christmas Eve, like my dad, he's like, just going to chill. We're going to, my son and I are going to like, we're going to see him, you know, the, the week after where it's just us, we're going to go do some stuff together. We're going to drive by grandpa, leave the shit on the porch. That's what they're doing. They're actually driving <laughs> around to all the houses and like doing like a gift drop off. So Christmas Eve is going to be a lot more. We're going to miss like doing the things we do, sure. uh, but it's going to be a lot more relaxed. So my brother's going to come over. We're going to do a ham. He's got three little boys, um, you know, so get to ha- haven't got to see them in a while. So we'll hang out with them. And then we're going to do a dinner on Christmas Day around five o'clock. We'll have Amanda's parents over and then we'll have uh, we'll have my mom come over like her dad, her dad and her dad's mom came over today. So her dad's mom, her dad and her, uh, her dad and her dad's wife came over today. More importantly, drink of choice on Christmas, Christmas Eve. What are you slugging down? Um, usually like on Christmas Eve, I'm over at my dad's. So he's like a Miller light guy. So <laughs> usually whatever my dad has in the, in the fridge. Uh, but since I'll be here, um, I mean, I drink Miller Lite too. I'll probably drink a few beers on Christmas Eve. I usually don't drink that much, honestly, on Christmas Eve. Um, Christmas Day, um, usually, you know, we'll do some kind of, you know, whatever my wife is into that year. Like it was Moscow Mules. Um, then it became like this Colorado Bulldog. Then it was like Cranberry and, uh, you know, Seven and, you know, Vodka. So it's like, rotates around, you know, whatever she likes. Mostly I'm, I'm pretty simple, you know, Drake, mm-hmm. maybe you'll like have to like educate me on the kind of things I need to be drinking, but I, I keep it pretty simple whenever it comes to my drinks. Um, I don't like to drink a ton of liquor to be honest. Yeah. Just never have for whatever reason. I don't understand movies where people just sit around at the office, they open the drawer and they just, you know, pour everybody, you know, just straight whiskey <laughs> and everything. That's not me. Like I've, I can do it, but like, I don't, I don't enjoy it. I don't, I don't enjoy it. Even whenever it's supposed to be really good whiskey. I don't. I, I'm a liquor salesman by trade. Before that, I worked for a Budweiser distributor uh, for 10 years. If you guys look behind me, if you're watching on YouTube, I've got a liquor shelf up there. I've got some Don Julio, Bullet Bourbon, uh, some Johnny Walker, 18 year, uh, all kinds of good stuff. My motto is always this. Uh, drink what you like. I don't care if you like Milwaukee's best ice or you like drinking Johnny Walker blue drink. What gets you there? What puts you in a good mood? 
what makes you want to hang out with your friends and family and be chill with. Like, don't ever let anybody have to tell you, like, you have to drink, besides Dwayne needing to drink brands I sell, uh, you need to drink this kind of stuff. You know, drink whatever. If you like IPAs, drink IPAs. If you like Bud Light, drink Bud Light. It's cool. Uh, let's see. Rapid fire, and then we're out of here. Uh, Deontay Johnson or Le'Veon Bell? Deontay Johnson. Help it tight end. Picked up Cooks. That did not go well. Should I try to pick up Goddard or Logan Thomas? Uh, so you picked up Jared Cook. Uh, Goddard or Logan Thomas? I, uh, oh, I thought you said Cooks, but I'm sure oh, you he, Yeah, he wrote Cooks. So, I'm sorry. I'm so, like Ron Burgundy. I, I, I read what's on the teleprompter. Yeah, I, I'm Ron Burgundy. I would play both of those guys um, over Jared Cook. Um Watch the quarterback situation in Washington. So that makes me lean, you know, to Goddard. You know, Ertz did surpass him last week in uh, routes, but not in snaps and not by much. They're still really close together. Um, so I, I would watch that. If you're going to get Alex Smith or for whatever reason, you know, uh, Haskins isn't suspended, mm-hmm. like then I would play. L- Logan Thomas has been on fire, man. You know, early in the season, we talked about him being the guy, that, man, the utilization is there, but he's not getting the targets or they're not catchable. Like weird things were happening where it just like the picture couldn't come together. It's like, oh, he was hitting the driver and then his short game and his putter sucked. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, he could he was hitting his putter and then the driver sucked. And so things were just weird that were going on with him. And now like everything's clicking. I mean, 17 targets last week, I think something insane. I mean, he's he's been up you know, near 10 for several weeks before that. So, I mean, right now, Logan Thomas is a tight end one, clearly. Goddard, Hooper, or your boy, Irv Smith? Um, I'm going with Goddard. Um, you know, Hooper, Hooper's routes got up into the 70% range. The problem, though, like with Hooper now that's happened since he went out is Njoku, um, you know, is now – continuing to stay involved right earlier in the season you know that wasn't happening so now they have you know really three tight ends that they're trying to work in and it just makes it hard to predict you know Hooper's the best one he's the guy they paid but it's just hard to say I mean is it is it is it going to be a week where we're going to see Hooper get so like last week he ran around on 71 percent of dropbacks the two weeks before 58 and 55 Right. And then you got Njoku out there for 50 and 36 and 45. And then you got Harrison Bryan out there for 46, 55, 36. So I just don't think you can trust it yet. Um, Hooper had trended well early in the season. We said he was probably going to come up and end up being a tight end one down the rest of the stretch. Well, then he got hurt. Well, appendectomy, um, which seems like, man, there's been more appendectomies this year than I can ever remember. Um, but that knocked him out. And then that just created this three way rotation. So that, that would send me to Goddard because it's a two-way rotation and they run a lot of 12 personnel. Dwayne, are you and Brian on the seltzer train? You drink any of those Trulies or White Claws or any of that I, nonsense? I, I, drank, I drank a few when we went down to Florida and hung out at the beach this summer. Um, we went down to Destin for a while. And so we went with some friends and I never really drank seltzers. Um, like I'd, I'd had one here or there, right? But I drank, you know, I drank several that week and it was fine. It was refreshing, but it wasn't like I had them. And I was like, Oh my God, like I've got to drink yeah. these all the time. Like this is what I've got to have. But it's like you said, like if people like them, great. I, I'm not against them. Um, it's just, I'm man, I'm pretty simple. Like I said, I prefer just to have a beer. Yeah. 
Yeah. Speaking of beer, I'm out of mine. So that means we're going to wrap it up for this week. Folks, thank you so much for spending 16 weeks with Dwayne and I. Have a Merry Christmas. Kick some ass in your fantasy playoff championships this week. We hope that we helped get you there a little bit. Uh, you know, be be safe, be smart. You know, we want all you guys back here next year. We want your parents and grandparents here next year to hang out and celebrate your fantasy football success. Uh, also, so uh, we're not going anywhere. Dwayne and I are still going to be pumping out shows, you know, uh, as we go through the playoffs and, and the offseason. So don't worry. Your boys will be here. We'll talk DFS. We'll talk gambling. Maybe we'll get our buddy Cody on to talk some uh, some showdown slates, but we'll be here on hanging out. But so, Dwayne, Merry Christmas, my friend. Enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, everybody else. Merry Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Again, like Drake said, I usually just let Drake close these out, and he does a better job than me. But truly appreciate all of you guys, um, how much you guys have reached out to us and just the support you give us. You come on the show. You interact. You're in the chat. Um, you know, we love you guys and, you know, we're, we're nothing without you guys, you know, hopping in and making it interactive with us. And we're just doing something we just love doing. So we're just glad that you guys like it too. We wish you all happy holidays and go win a championship. Hell yeah. We'll see you next week, folks. Take care. This has been the Fantasy Football Hustle. We're back next week with all you need for waiver wire, trades, roster management, and more. Until then, never get out hustled. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.